Hey, we're Brittany and Tiffany, and we're obsessed with all things meal planning. And we're here to help you navigate both the wild and wonderful parts of feeding your people. I'm a mama to seven and the creator of The Deliberate Day. I'm a mama of five, an ideal and inspiration. We'll teach you the tried and true secrets to getting meals on the table with more love and less overwhelm. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, get comfortable, and come learn with us. Okay, we are back with part three in our series on failing in meal planning. I just want to tell you again, failing is necessary. Get comfortable with it. Make friends with it even. And don't forget there are two halves to failure. Anticipating failure and getting ahead of it and then failing and learning from it without being defeated. And we're applying this to meal planning, but you can take these concepts and use them in your life in every single way. So here are the areas where even the best laid meal plans can fall apart. In the planning, in the shopping, in the making the meals, in just generally being derailed, and in mindset. Last week we talked about shopping in episode number 43, so today we're digging into the making of the meals. We're going to talk about some of the ways things go south when it comes to making meals. And we're going to give you the long-term fix, and we're going to give you your midweek kind of mid-sinking boat fix, right? So what is one of the first things that comes up when things go south with making the meals? When things that you need, when ingredients that you really need go bad before you can use them. Definitely this is a huge point of frustration when you're doing your meal planning. So your long-term fix is that you need to front-load meals with any high-maintenance ingredients. And that means that if you have meals with ingredients that are going to go bad, you need to plan to make those at the beginning of your meal plan and then basically work backwards depending on the longevity of the ingredient, right? So what we're talking here is like angel hair coleslaw versus broccoli. If you have both of those on your menu, obviously you want to use the recipe that calls for the angel hair coleslaw first, and you want to push broccoli later into the week because it's going to hold up longer. How about cilantro and other herbs versus dried spices? Obviously you want to use fresh first and then go into your dried. Okay, bananas versus oranges or apples? We all know bananas just start dying the second you bring them home. They just... <laughs> what so, is it with that? I don't know, but probably the fact that all my kids touch them and they end up bruised by the second day. But I would obviously say you need to use up anything with bananas, whereas your oranges and your apples, they have a longer life. You can stick your apples in the fridge, that kind of thing. And and then what about avocados? Okay, we've talked about this in an episode before. I don't generally buy or eat these, but I know Brittany buys and eats a lot of them. And it's <laughs> it's feast or famine with those things. Yes, it really is. There's no ripe. There's just overripe or underripe. <laughs> there is no middle ground. Right. Uh, uh, so what, what do we do for a midweek mid-sink fix then? Let's say you bought the ingredient. You have it in your fridge. It went bad. It's happening today. What can I do? Well, you really need to get swap savvy here, right? Is there anything that could be a suitable swap for the item that went bad? Your own creativity here will serve you well. And when in doubt, just Google it. I Google this stuff all the time. All the time, all the time. Brittany is actually 
good enough to know the different swaps, but I'm constantly like, hey, Google. But I've Google. learned them over time, right? I have Googled them before. I have just done trial and error. And that's really, like I said, your creativity here is where you're going to be served the most, right? You're going to find out, okay, I can swap the zucchini with the squash, or I can swap, I can just swap all of that out for the frozen food, the frozen veggies I've got in the freezer. That's very true. Another question to ask yourself is, could you make the meal without it? Such as leaving mushrooms or tomatoes or spices out or even leaving, like we talked about before, leaving big ticket items out. Sometimes you can make the meal without the meat. Sometimes you can make the whole meal and instead of using pasta, you put that over rice. That's very true. I mean, spaghetti and meatballs doesn't have to be spaghetti and meatballs. It can be spaghetti. Yes, absolutely. And actually my sister... All the time, she would make pasta the first night, and all the noodles would get eaten up. And the next night, she would make rice, and they would put that same meat sauce over the rice, and she would mix in vegetables, almost like a thick stew. That is brilliant. Mm -hmm. Every time we talk about things like this, you might have noticed that we talk about getting savvy instead of going to the store. And we want to tell you why. Because it's going to save you sanity and money. Because extra trips to the store always result in spending extra even if it's tiny and especially if it's your husband making the run. <laughs> we love husbands. We do we love do. husbands, but, <laughs> but they can impulse buy. They don't they don't generally spend as much time as we do in the store and they can fall prey to those different things that grocery stores throw at you when you walk right in the door. Mhm. And we also know it's not easy to make a quick trip to the store if you're a mom with little ones. Oh my goodness, yes. That is so true. It's at least an hour and a half. It's not a quick trip to the store or an easy trip. No, and definitely probably six months to a year off your life. (laughs) At least. (sighs) All right. So now this quite possibly be the number one reason that families don't get to eat dinner on time. I would like to know, what do you do when you forgot to defrost the meat? This is a huge one. So really your long-term fix here is to notate it on your meal plan and make a habit of looking over your meal plan throughout the week and each day to see what you need to defrost. And maybe this requires you to get a homing pigeon or put it on your door or put it on a kitchen cabinet or leave a note on the back of the door or your forehead or your kid or your arm or your microwave or your bedroom ceiling, wherever you're going to see it. You need to make a habit and you can build that habit by leaving yourself notes throughout the house. All right, so that will help me next week, but what if I didn't pull the meat out today? What can I do? This midweek, mid-sync fix of today is the day I don't have the meat thawed, what am I going to do, really depends on what kind of meat we're talking about, right? If you have ground meat or meat chunks in your dinner plan tonight, then you can sometimes just cook it from frozen. It just requires a little more time and attention, right? You can thaw things in the microwave. You can thaw things outside for about 15 to 30 minutes if it's warm outside. Also, you can thaw things in a cold water bath with just the slightest water trickle. That is if your meat package is watertight, though. I will say that. Okay, let's talk about whole roasts or whole chickens. What what could I do then? Well, here I would actually say, can you swap the meat or the meal, right? Can you swap it with something on hand that will thaw faster or might be already in the fridge waiting for another meal? Or can you swap with another meal that you have on the menu already? You could also try an alternate cooking method, right? You can try thawing in a cold water bath with the slightest water trickle again if your meat package is watertight, but then you can also try using an Instapot to cook it. And finally, 
your backup meals. This is where the backup meals really shine. A backup meal can be made in 30 minutes or less. You have all the ingredients you need on hand, and you can bulk it up if needed. So when you didn't remember to take the meat out and thaw it, and you can't make the meal you were planning on, use one of your backup meals here. That's what they were made for. All right. Now let's talk about when ingredients aren't available for us at the store. Your long-term fix here is a well-stocked pantry and freezer. Also, your backup meals, and then knowing your options as far as ingredient swapping and stores. That's great for a long-term fix, but what do I do if I don't have the ingredient available for me that I need today? So you may need to change or alter your recipe, right? Look to see if you have a suitable ingredient swap on hand. Or choose a different meal, either from your backup meals or maybe from one you have planned for later in the week. That's why in the free mini meal planning kit that Brittany made for the community, there's an overlap day because you always have a quote-unquote bonus meal if you need to borrow it or move it around. You can DM us the word bonus on Instagram if you'd like one. Okay, so what about coming up against a recipe where you feel like you have a lack of expertise or know-how in how to make it? Okay, so the long-term fix really is a willingness to keep learning. We want to ask everyone who's listening to this, no matter what level you're at, if you're a beginner or even if you're a little more advanced, to make a commitment to keep challenging yourself on a very small scale, little by little. Maybe start with one new or more complex meal a week. I think that's a fantastic idea. Tell me what I can do if I'm in my kitchen holding a recipe and I look at it and I'm like, I don't know what this word means, or <laughs> I, I don't know how to cook things this way. What do I do then? So a lot of times I've come up against things like julienne or sautéing or sous vide or poaching where you're like, well, I think I have a general idea of what that is supposed to be or look, I, look like, but I'm really not sure how to do it, actually. YouTube is your friend. Google is your friend. Go find a tutorial. Go search it online. There are countless things and people who want to teach you how to do that. That is so true. Like we live in the age of information. All right, Brittany, I know you have a little bit of expertise in this area. What do I do when I'm making the meals if I've all of a sudden made the meal too salty, too acidic, too spicy, too sweet? And I know you have a really good story about this one that <laughs> oh, I want to hear. Oh, yes. Let me tell you a story about our beloved mac and cheese recipe. My oldest was doing meal mastery, and we had already done the recipe together a few times, so he was kind of taking it and running with it on his own. And he brought it over for me to taste, and when I tasted it, I my tongue just about shriveled up. And I was like, bud, what, what exactly did you put in this? Like... How much salt did you put in? And he said, oh, I, I only put what I was supposed to. I only put the right amount. And I was like, okay, can you walk me through the process? Can you show me the spoon you used? Can you tell me which salt you used? Did you use table salt or kosher salt? Well, come to find out, instead of four teaspoons, he had put four tablespoons in. So we had 12 teaspoons of salt in our vegan mac and cheese. And if you think, well, it couldn't have been that salty. You could, no, I am telling you, like it puckered your mouth. It was so salty. It was crazy salty. So what is a long-term fix for this type of problem? 
if we're talking about long-term fix, then really slowing down and reading the entire recipe before you begin. And this is an especially important skill when you're encouraging new kiddos in their meal mastery. But a midweek fix, if possible, you need to double or triple the dish and then just freeze the extra. I ended up multiplying the dish by the amount of salt that was in it. And (laughs) we ended up just using that cheese sauce in a multitude of other items that week. But if you're talking about maybe meats or vegetables, can you reinvent the recipe? You know, can you take that over-salted meat or vegetable and add it to soup? Can you mix it into a casserole? Can you make a quiche? Is there a stir-fry you can put it in? You know, a casserole, a quiche, a stir-fry, those, you've got rice, you've got potatoes. You have these things that require a lot of salt. You can balance that salt out over these other ingredients. Okay, so then in soups, I've read... I've never done this, of course, but (laughs) if I oversalted my soup, what I've read online is that you really should dilute and diffuse, right? You could add more broth or you could even add more vegetables and starches like you said before, right? Oh, definitely. And then if it's too acidic, generally you would probably add sugar. And if it's too spicy, you actually have a lot of different options that you can do. You can add sour cream, you can add milk, mayo, cream cheese. You can turn whatever it is into a sauce or a dip. You could add bread or another starch. And then if you actually made something that was a little too sweet, you can balance that by adding a pinch of salt, by adding a little lemon or lime juice or vinegar or even another acid to balance it. Here's one that I know all of us have had to deal with at one time or another, right? What do I do when I burn dinner or when one of my kids burns the dinner. (laughs) Your long-term fix here is slow down, read the recipe or the directions before you begin, and use a timer. This includes stovetop items too, even pasta, right? Because if you've ever overcooked pasta and you've had to eat that slop that it is when it's overcooked, then you will thank me and a timer will save you. A timer will definitely save you. I use a timer for literally everything in my kitchen because otherwise I forget that I put stuff where I put stuff. (laughs) All right. So let's say, right, tonight I go home, I make some prepackaged chicken nuggets and french fries, and like I always do, I burn them in the oven. What do I do then? You really need to see, can it be salvaged or can it be scraped? Growing up, I don't think we ever ate garlic toast that hadn't had the burn parts scraped off of it. I don't think my mom ever made garlic toast that wasn't burnt. So can it be salvaged? Can it be scraped? If not, do you have a backup meal? Can you fit pizza or maybe a meal out into the budget? You know, sometimes it's just a cereal or ramen noodle night. So when you or possibly a meal mastery apprentice, a.k.a. your kids make gross food, then what do you do? You know, you've picked this recipe, you've made this recipe, but it doesn't actually taste good. Then where are you at? Okay, the long-term fix, right? You need to be a student of yourself and your family. And you need to know what your limits are with new, with new ingredients, with new recipes. And sometimes if we're going out on a limb and we're trying to be adventurous, even even on a small scale, sometimes we're going to make a, a food or a meal that's just a little too far outside our comfort zone. 
and we're just not ready for it yet. Or as you're trying new recipes and maybe you bomb it, you know, it could definitely be that as well. So be a student of yourself and your family and then kind of know your limits with new. Know when you need to pull in that backup meal. So your midweek mid-sync fix here is, is what you made safe to eat. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. <laughs> Can you reinvent it? Can you take what you made and maybe put it in burritos? Can you turn it into a quiche? Could you put it on or with bread or garlic toast to make the flavor a little less? Can you blend it up and make it into a soup or a sauce? And do you have a backup meal? You really should by now. If you don't, you should. (laughs) Another option is fitting some prepared food into your budget. We talk about grabbing food from out instead of saying fast food because there are more options than just McDonald's or Wendy's. You have a grocery deli. You have pre-made fridge meals. You have frozen lasagna and meals. Sam's Club does amazing pizzas. You can also get rotisserie chickens and turn those into an easy meal. And sometimes you just need to piece the meal together, right? You can go to Wendy's and just get burgers and then eat vegetables from the freezer. You can order chicken strips or big chicken breasts and then come home and put together the other items. You know, sometimes you can get subs, but come home and eat the chips you've got at home. Eating out doesn't have to mean full-on going to a restaurant and getting dinner or full-on going and getting everything everybody wants from Wendy's. You can still work within a budget when you need to do that. All right, so now let's talk about when I just plain didn't make the meal for tonight. Your long-term fix here is to build the habit of feeding your family and choosing recipes that don't push you to the max or past your capacity to give, right? Consider the season you're in. Okay, so that that is a really good idea for long-term, but what if it's Wednesday night I'm sitting in my kitchen, it's 5 o'clock, and I am just done. I'm shot, I can't do another thing, or I think I can't do another thing. What do I do then? You know what I'm going to say here. Backup meal, anyone? Come on, it's a backup meal. Your fixes here are the same as the other hangups we've mentioned. Can you fit food from out into the budget? And can you do simple, like, cereal, pancakes, or ramen? Can you do one of your backup meals? All right, so let's recap because this was quite the this was quite the list of fails. <laughs> Making the meals is probably the biggest area where things can fall apart. So, here's how to overcome those. First, you want to cook the meals that have short-lived ingredients first. Also, make sure to put a note everywhere to remind yourself to pull out meats or ingredients that need time to defrost. Keep a well-stocked pantry and freezer with a backup meal and be swap savvy. Be willing to learn and make a commitment to encourage change little by little. Slow down and read the entire recipe before you begin and teach your kids to do the same thing. Use a timer for all your cooking and baking. Be a student of yourself and your family and know your limits of new without always hiding behind them. Build a habit of feeding your family and choosing meals that don't push you past your capacity to give. If you're still feeling intimidated or just need a little boost to start, send us a DM with the word bonus at the Deliberate Day on Instagram and we'll send you the link for the free mini meal planning kit. 